0: Hey, welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares interviews with experts and entrepreneurs to help you break free from the limiting beliefs and doubts that you may have to overcome obstacles and breakthrough to create the successful business and joyful life that you so richly deserve and that I know you want. So I'm your host, Coach trainer and author Winnie Anderson and you know there are a million things that need to be done as you run and grow a business and since we entrepreneurs tend to share certain characteristics like a love of learning, a tendency to be early adopters of technology and to be creative idea machines, it can easily feel like you've got a million projects going in various directions and in various stages of launching but maybe you feel like you never seen to get anywhere well as the stress and frustration mount it can be easy to frantically try new things throw new ideas and projects at the wall to make something stick and you know sometimes the answer though might actually be the opposite of what it is that you're doing well you might be thinking that maybe you've got adhd or at the very least adhd tendencies well today's guest shares his road from addict to entrepreneur to adhd expert as a productivity coach and host of crusher tv today's guest teaches productivity brain hacks to crazy busy professionals and entrepreneurs alan brown is the number one best-selling author of zen and the art of productivity 27 easy ways to have more time earn more money and live happier He's a featured speaker in the United States and Europe, including a TEDx talk, and he uses his weekly online TV show at CrusherTV.com to help people live to their potential by unleashing the power of their brains. So Listen in as Alan Brown shares the huge percentage of the adult population who are believed to be dealing with undiagnosed ADHD things we commonly tell ourselves when we struggle with ADHD, why ADHDers engage in risky behaviors, and the books that Alan first used to help him overcome and manage his own ADHD. And you want to be sure to listen all the way to the end where I'll share your reflection exercise and your action step for this episode. All right, Alan, welcome. I'm so happy to have you today. I really appreciate your time. And you have such an incredible story. You run a thriving business, right? You just, you recently gave a great TED Talk, or at least it was recent for me, your TEDx talk, because I, I just discovered it. But I know you also launched a best-selling book, which I have a copy of and which is really great. But things weren't always quite so smooth for you. You have a really incredible story, um, one where you, you were caught up in a cycle of underachievement, which is just one piece of it, addiction, and even crime. So can you take us back to, to that point in your life and, and uh, tell us your story?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. First, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, and You're I'm, I'm really excited about talking with, uh, with you and your audience. Um, you know, I I am someone who teaches people how to manage their brain for more productivity uh, and less stress and less drama in their lives. And uh, yet, some years ago, my brain was so out of control that I found myself uh, visiting my my mother at a hospital in in Manhattan in New York, uh, and uh, she was in her last days of uh, battling. Uh, Ovarian cancer, and I would visit her uh, uh, often, but I would rarely stay very long. I would say, uh, after about ten minutes of visiting her, and here she is with tubes everywhere and no hair and eighty-three pounds, I'd say, Mom, I'm so sorry. I can't stay very long. I need to be somewhere else." And she would always say, "That's okay. You know, do do what you need to do." And what I needed to do was get further up Manhattan to Harlem get my drugs I was shuttling between Jersey City and Harlem uh, several times a week to get drugs I was a drug addict and uh, I don't know what was different about this one particular day uh, there had been so many where I visited my mother and kind of sneaked out of there without staying long with her but when I got home to my apartment in Jersey City I the absurdity of what I was doing here was my mother in her last days and I wasn't spending time with her instead I was going off to get my my drugs in Harlem, which, by the way, was at the height of the crack epidemic, where on any given day, 10 people like me were getting shot, getting their, their brains blown out for $10. That's how bad the crack epidemic was. It a record uh, homicide in New York. But I got home that day, and just the absurdity of everything just kind of crashed around me. Uh, I, you know, what I was doing, what I was up to for for years of this this addiction sort of culminated in this day, I guess. And uh, I I did the old uh, extension cord around the neck and luckily uh, did not kick the chair out from under me, as they say. And that was the day that I decided that I'm going to take control of this thing and start (laughs) directing it toward things that matter. And so that was really kind of the – I needed to hit bottom to reverse course, of course. But I also needed to realize that the brain has its own life. It's a lot like your car engine, you know. You can polish the sides of your car all you want, and you can even polish your engine and have it all shiny. Mm-hmm. But unless you're attending to the life of that thing, your car's not going to last very long. It's not going to go very far, very fast. So, that's kind of the, in a nutshell, uh, my the the trough of my journey and, and the beginning of my uh, heading back up this way.
0: So when you had that moment, and it's amazing how so many of us reach that point where we, some little straw breaks that camel's back and we just go, what am I doing? I have to get out of this pit that I've created for myself. Was it, okay, well, here I go, and, and all smooth sailing up the side of that mountain, or did you have a few other setbacks along the way?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it it was if it were only so easy to have that one hole, <laughs> right, really bottom out. And yeah. as uh, anyone out there who knows about addiction or um, just really having uh, any kind of trauma or, uh, uh, you know, abuse, any of a number of things that can just take you right down the bottom, it really is a climb out of there. But when that light bulb does go off and you realize the absurdity of what's happening or um, you realize uh after perhaps a, tr- uh, a a traumatic injury that you know what i can I can come back or i can I can find a path uh, uh back um, uh, that that is uh the beginning of the beginning, so to mm-hmm. speak, that yeah. allows you to just keep moving forward when you see a little bit of light at the end of that tunnel and a big thing for me was um as it turned out, uh, years later, I was diagnosed with ADHD, and this helped explain why I was engaged. Why I was uh, I had been underachieving in school. Um, the most of my twenties was spent uh, in fits and starts trying to get a four-year degree. It took me ten years. I was terrible with academics. It was one of the reasons that I got addicted to cocaine because I was self-medicating. Okay. Uh, I fancied myself a drug dealer who was putting myself through college, but then I discovered that the drugs actually helped my brain fire up, and then I became sorely, sorely addicted. um, And I was engaged in felony crime and all kinds of other things, which which, you know were kind of down at the bottom of that trough. But um, when you uh, realize later that this behavior was in part because of it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. Part of this undiagnosed uh, learning disability and different brain chemistry, that was a big help to giving me some closure to that uh, part of my life and some a little bit of self-forgiveness. Because used to say there was a lot of guilt when my mother soon after that that awful day passed away, and um, you know there is the last times I saw her. I was a drug addict, uh, and so that can leave you with. Uh, attention. So, knowing where some of this behavior came from uh, was uh, very, very helpful.
0: Yeah, that you know, interesting that you mentioned that issue of guilt because that could have easily sent you deeper. You know, you could have easily said, "No, screw this. You know, I'm I'm never going to get out of this." And 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 things are worse now than they were before, and I feel bad about mom, and and it could have easily sent you. Deeper down because there's always even deeper to go, um, so I think it's incredible that you were able to recognize that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that as an option. I'm gonna keep moving forward on this path to get out of this incredible pit. So I really applaud you for that. Um, what? in particular, really helped you reverse course? Did you get in, in a treatment program where you you got diagnosed? Was that that part of what really helped you say, okay, I had a true issue, have a true issue, and now I'm going to manage that and I'm going to leverage it to move forward? How, how you did know, you really do that?
1: As uh, As we were saying, it really is kind of a climb. Back out. It's not mm-hmm. like it's not like the roller coaster when when you hit the bottom, you just zip straight up the next hill. No. Uh, but um, I think it was several things. One, it was definitely I needed to hit bottom, um, and you know whether this is an addiction story, a crime story, a uh, a physical trauma story. You know there is a point, uh, an inflection point that that some of us need to hit before we can. But um, it was also again, it was the realization that my brain has its own life and needs to be. Um, Nurtured, right? And then, you know, I got cleaned up enough to get a job in the advertising business. uh, And uh, you know, after taking ten years to get a four-year degree, I was quite a bit older than my peers. Uh, So here I was; I was thirty years old, just about when I started my career in advertising, entry-level job, seventeen thousand dollars a year, (laughs) and uh, all my all my peers around me are you know seven eight years younger than me. Uh, But so I thought, okay. I'm cleaned up now, pretty much. It was I wasn't perfect, but I was pretty much cleaned up. I'm gonna bust my butt because I've always been a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I am gonna take this New York City by storm. I was at a big New York City international ad agency, and I'm gonna I'm gonna crush it. So uh, I busted my butt for six years, and my, <laughs> my career tra- trajectory was kind of like this. Uh, and I was scratching my head, wondering why is it that I am working so hard, working the long hours, working weekends, and i'm not getting the traction. other people around me are getting right. promoted. I was kind of like that that old lady in the in the car driving in the fast lane with the turn <laughs> signal stuck on, just kind of and there's people passing me on the shoulder and on the right, going, "What if why doesn't that lady get out of the lane you know why doesn't that old guy get out of the lane well um, again. Uh, getting that ADHD diagnosis at around that to about six years into my career okay. light bulbs went off. But before that, uh there was a, a, a very important moment where someone gave me a gift uh of an audiobook of Deepak Chopra's Seven Secrets of Spiritual Success. Okay. The title. I still have it. I still listen to it once in a while. Uh I'm I'm a terrible reader. And um, so they knew this and they gave me this audio book because they knew I wouldn't read the book if they gave me the book. And in it, there's a good amount of woo-woo in there if you will, Mm -hmm. but in it there are some simple principles for quieting your mind. And again, I didn't realize I was ADHD at this time. Right. But uh, I I was unable to focus on things. I was unable to stay working on the right priorities. one thing that I was good at was like brainstorming things. So whenever we at the ad agency were trying to come up with a, a new packaging design or a new name for a new bubble gum or something, uh, uh, they would say, "Well, get that guy Alan Brown. He's not good at much, but but
0: <laughs> he knows like this
1: like a madman." That was that was the positive of my ADHD, right? That okay. was the, the gift yeah. of ADHD, mm-hmm. which is being able to have these synaptic thoughts. Um, but when I learned how to quiet my mind from this audio book, that was the first brain hack that I learned. Okay. A brain hack being just where you go into your brain uh, and just flip a few switches to change the way you view something or have mm-hmm. a new awareness of something, and that opens the door to action, to more efficiency, more productivity. And that's why the tagline mm-hmm. on my show is "Unleash the power of your brain." It all stems from you know all the way back to that day when I hit the bottom and I realized. I can make this thing work for me or against me." So learning that first brain hack and then, of course, I went on to Dr. Stephen Covey's 7 Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and other uh, education that helped me understand that I could flip switches up here and actually do great things. Not long after that first brain hack was, was learned and as I started implementing it and getting more focused, et cetera, I got the diagnosis, ADHD, I got treated. I, now I really understood my brain. oh, I understand, so I have less dopamine available than these other people in my office that's part of ADhD is you just don't have right. the same amount of fire up your brain chemicals available, and that's why you go and you do more risk uh, risk related behaviors that's why you have difficult with difficulty with motivation, staying on course, finishing things, procrastination, et cetera. It's all explained in brain chemistry up here it's not a laziness. Or a lack of intelligence, or whatever. So, this was a real explosion six years into my career in advertising. And just to kind of give you a sense of the the degree of change, uh, so at thirty six years old, I'm a kind of a low level executive. You know, every, all these other twenty nine year olds are are now vice presidents and stuff, or you know, at least the, you know account supervisors. Where I'm just this little accounting So, at thirty six, I'm this mid level, uh, mid five figures, which is Nothing in New York City, as you mentioned. Um, and then within two and a half years, I was my career just went like this. And with the brain hacks, with the diagnosis and the treatment, and just this greater awareness, I, I went from this five-figures low level to vice president, management director, and employee of the year. Wow. Uh, and, and good, solid six-figure salary uh, like this. And in that year that I was named employee of the year of, the biggest office of the biggest ad agency in the US at that time uh, I in my spare time I co-founded a startup that later was sold for eight figures so this is this is why I call myself mess to success entrepreneur <laughs> I was a serious mess and then I found some success and was able to live both the curse, and the gift of ADHD. So That
0: is so incredible. That's really an incredible story. Now, I have to ask, though, was there one thing that made you take action to get diagnosed? Because not everybody does. People will self-diagnose, oh, I, I have ADHD, when they really don't know it for a fact. They just feel that based on symptoms that they think they have, behaviors that they're exhibiting. Was there something? Because I know I've worked with people who I've thought, oh, holy cow, you have got to have ADD because, you, they, as you just said, they can't stay on task. They're constantly all over the place, and and you know they have greater potential than they're really living up to. So was there something that said, I got to see a doctor and get a real diagnosis?
1: You know, I, I am so glad you asked this question because this is really important, really, really important. You mentioned my TED Talk that I did. Mm-hmm. I did a TED Talk about what I call the 85%. Right. Uh, these are adults with ADHD who are at risk because of the just in the US alone, there are 9 million adults with ADHD. I'm not talking about the millions of kids. Right. Many of whom are overdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, over-medicated. I get that. But among adults with 9 million in the US alone, 85% of those 9 million don't know they have ADHD. Right. So you end up with people who, like me when I was younger, was off doing stupid things. Stupid crimes, abusing right. drugs, right. Uh, and ending, I could have easily, easily, and I've, I've been inside a jail cell, but I could, I did not end up in prison, and I could have, and 40 some percent of the prison population is undiagnosed ADHD, so right. we'll just, we'll just call it that, but um, back to kind of the signals, the things that that t- told me that there was maybe an issue here. And this is really important for those of you who think you might have ADHD. Um, in, when I was about 32 years old, my boss was diagnosed with ADHD because his son had been diagnosed. And as he understood the description of this learning disability, he was like, oh, my God, this was just like me when I was in school, what's happening to my son. Wow, you know what? Maybe I'm ADHD and I never got diagnosed. So sure enough, he got diagnosed He's telling me about his past, and I'm going. Well, that's just like me. Always getting Cs. I couldn't hand in homework on time. Da da da. And I wasn't lazy. I was the hardest working guy I I, I ever knew. But I just couldn't do the mental work. Right. So I went to my doctor at the time, and this is a very posh doctor on the upper seat, upper east side of Manhattan, who I went to and said, "Doc, I think I might have ADHD." And he said, uh, "Alan." ADHD. In fact, we called it ADD at the time. It says ADD is a myth created by the media, and what you need to do now that you're 30 years old or whatever I was at the time. He says you need to do more crossword puzzles, and so for the next four years or five years, I believed that this was my imagination and that I just needed to do more crossword puzzles. And I got really good at the New York Times crossword. <laughs> believe me, really good. But didn't. Uh, five years later, I am sitting in the East Village of New York reading The Village Voice, the back page of which is like a community bulletin board, and I see an ad for ADHD, an ADD adult support group in Manhattan, which is still going, um, and it's a wonderful group, and they posted a ad saying, tonight's presentation, doctors who get it and doctors who don't. And that was the beginning of my going to what at the time was my new doctor, because I was now at a new company getting a diagnosis, getting treated, et cetera. So I want to just say this for those folks out there who either know somebody who, like you, Winnie, you say, I I see people who are just all over the place, they can't get things done, they're high energy, they're very smart, they're very entrepreneurial. Well, if you know someone like this, maybe even a spouse, or you suspect this might be you, a couple of things. One, look at your past. Look at whether you feel that you achieved academically to your potential. Uh, look at um, whether you might have, compared to your peers, been more likely to smoke, drink, smoke weed, do drugs, engage in risk, uh, risk-taking risk behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also look at your delta. Look at where you feel you are now and where you think, you know, you really – should be based on the kinds of thoughts that you have and, and that stuff. And that's not going to be any kind of diagnosis, but you can right. go um, and do a little online search mm-hmm. uh, and find some self-diagnosis tests. So just make sure and remember that statistic, the 85%, you know, 85% of us right. don't realize that we're ADHD and a lot of people are subject to this stigmatization, to uh, doctors not being educated about it, yep. and our own feeling of, you know, I just need to work harder, or, you know, this is explained by this, that, or the other thing.
0: Or I'm just not cut out to be successful. This is this is for other people, not me. I've tried so hard, and it's not going to work. Yeah, it's very easy to get caught up in these cycles of self-abuse and and believing that you can't and that you are unable or undeserving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad you mentioned that.
1: Well said. Make sure you take a look at the the language that Winnie was just using too.
0: Great, great. So, okay, tell us then, how the heck did you manage to become an ADD expert? Were are you just one of these people that just throw themselves into to learning all they can about an issue?
1: Well, needless to say, it was a very personal thing for me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. As so often when I meet uh, when I meet people. who were diagnosed in adulthood with ADHD, they all, most of them just say the same thing, which is, my God, this light bulb went off. My life has changed. I met a guy. I was speaking at a conference in Liverpool a year or two ago, and this guy was an absolute genius. He was he was uh, very accomplished in the medical and, medical and engineering fields, and uh, he had recently been diagnosed, and he was talking to me about some of the solutions that I, some kind of uh, coping strategies that I was sharing with him. I was presenting at the conference, and he said, when I got my diagnosis and then got treated, it was like I went from standard definition to high definition. And I'll give you one, one other example of, of uh, a gentleman. I was speaking uh, here in San Diego recently, and this 86-year-old gentleman at the front of the audience said, you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD six years ago, and the last six years have been the best years of my life. Oh my God. So. Uh, <laughs> When when you hear stories like this, uh, and you have your own you know revelation, and you come from that horrible trough, and you see what that diagnosis and what treat you know finding the life of your brain and starting to treat your brain, I'll give you a few examples of how you can treat your brain the right way, whether you're ADHD or not. Um, this is uh, something that I've become very passionate about. And also, for instance, when I was when I was diagnosed, I ran out to buy a bunch of books on ADHD adult ADHD, I got home uh, very excitedly. I bought like five, six books, very, very classic impulsive ADHD behavior to just make impulsive purchases. Right. like that. And I get home and I open the first book and then I remember that I can't really read that well. Oh, that's right. I, I can't really read that well. Uh, but I did a little research on, them. I never read any of the books really, but uh, <laughs> it was great to have them on my bookshelf. But I did a little research and it turns out that 30% of ADDers are dyslexic. And the majority of the other 70% have very poor reading comprehension. They just, you know, will have to read the paragraph over and over again yeah. or just can only read, I can only read like two, three pages at a time when I go to bed at night. So I've got like six books that I, I sort of uh, graze at. So um, when, uh, when, I, when I think about, uh, you know, the, the number of people who are out there who don't realize it, um, and what a big delta can result from the realization and getting some coping strikes, et etc it 's just a great a great place to be where you are helping people to live to their potential
0: so explain this delta concept for us what What is a delta
1: Well, Delta is the mathematical word for change okay. uh, you know, the, 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 the yep. Greek letter is this, and uh, you 'll see this in mathematics and it really just means the amount of change. Okay, uh, And And um, you know, when when and, and that's why I say, you know, look look at if you suspect that you might be ADHD, you know, again, look at your past, but also look at that delta. Look at the feeling of. And you were using some great language too, Winnie, which is yeah. You know what? It's just you know, success is just not for me. I was just not meant to be. But yet, you were someone who has big ideas all the time. You start new ventures. You take risks. Right. Um, there may be something that's holding you back. You may have a learning disability, uh, ADHD, or or otherwise that that might be holding you back.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. And and just as a as an aside, and we'll include in the show notes for this episode some of this additional information and some links because ADHD actually shows up slightly differently in women. So we will have some absolute similarities among everybody who have ADHD, but then in women and girls it can present slightly differently. and it's interesting that you bring out the issue of dyslexia because I actually have this is undiagnosed, my own diagnosis. I have something called dyscalculia and dyscalculia, is a, a, a form of dyslexia with numbers. Oh. So as a kid, uh, math was, you know, I was the stereotypical girl who struggled with mathematics, but excelled in languages and everything else, right? I'm hyperverbal. But as I got older and I heard about this dyscalculia, what happens is there are certain numbers and number combinations that I will write backwards. Sometimes I'll actually write the number like upside down, so it just, you know, as you're saying, it just happens. I don't, I don't know that I'm doing it. It's not that I'm lazy or intentional or anything like that. It just happens. So it makes math very, very difficult for me. And when as a kid, it was just like torture. For me to try to learn things like the uh, multiplication tables, you know, eventually I did it, obviously, because we all do at some point. But it was just murder because I would have this little problem. So, if, if you're a, a, a lady out there wondering, could I possibly have ADHD? Some of these things could be, you know, the same, but also a little bit different. So
1: that's right, and and I'll have I have to say too. Um, You know, when you were growing up in school and you were struggling with your math, you probably heard uh, teachers, maybe even parents say to you, try harder.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Think harder. Try harder. And this, if, if you have heard that as a kid a lot, and also if you hear yourself telling yourself that a lot look into whether you might have some kind of learning disability. That's
0: a really great point. That's a really really great point. And if I had one piece of advice for the for the parents out there is really don't say that to your kid because that they're trying as hard as they can. That's right. Help them develop their the ability to think through, okay, if I can't do it this way, there's always a way around it, you know. But just try harder. Just believe that they're they're trying as hard as they can, and that kind. I'm getting choked up. That kind of try harder just makes you feel bad. It makes you feel sucky, like you're like you're no good. Like like any effort isn't enough. So all right, we'll get off on that. So obviously, you're saying that an ADHD entrepreneur does does not have to face a life of struggle, right? There there is hope, is what you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And just a couple of for instances, um, uh, whether or not you're ADHD, um, there are things you can do to make your brain work right. better. And the right. first thing I teach my private clients, and I and I teach, and I have a video series as well. The first thing I teach is diet. Um, you know, many yeah. of us are walking around snacking on uh, carbs and sugar. It's mm-hmm. part of the American way, right. uh, and unfortunately, increasingly the Western European way too. <coughs> uh, where we are snacking on Doritos, Cheez-Its, um, but also, you know, sugary, sugary drinks, you know, Powerade and Gatorade are just tons of sugar, Coca-Cola used to say. But these these kinds of foods don't give you any sustained brain energy. They just give you pure, like pure glucose that is your brain's fuel. But when it's delivered in that pure form, it just burns off very quickly and you end up with these peaks and crashes. And I know countless people in the advertising business when I was in the still in the advertising business who would walk around with a jug of Mountain Dew in the morning. That was their coffee. Mm -hmm. And it was because it had caffeine and sugar. And they'd get these little quick buzz. And these were undiagnosed ADDers who were thinking that they were powering their brain. But they were really getting very, very poor returns. If, on the other hand, they had had uh, a ham and egg breakfast, without all the sugar and carbs and the white bread and the croissant and all that, they would find that they had much more uh, uh, mental stamina throughout the morning. So that's just one example of how you can treat the life of your brain a little bit differently. And then, of course, there are a whole bunch of things we can do with regard to brain hacks, which we don't really have time to get into. But there's just one little thing you can do to make sure your brain is uh, being fed properly.
0: Yeah, that's a really great tip. It reminds me of back in the day when computers really started to come on, right, garbage in, garbage out. I really think of, you know, if we could accept that this is really, you know, I think of it as my temple, and, uh, but we're, we're really walking, talking computer, and we need the, the best fuel possible to be able to perform at, at our peak. So it, when I started to really think about food in that way, it just changed my whole perception and it, it changed everything I started to put inside because I could really see that this is energy and I have to make sure I'm giving myself the best energy that I can.
1: Yeah. And again, people, people have this, this, this folly of thinking that energy comes from sugar and carbs uh, and, and, it, and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not sustained energy.
0: No, and you know what? Speaking of addiction, it's just it it creates this this addiction, right? Because you just need more of it, and you need it all the time, and yeah, and then you're out of control. So yeah, I think that's the that's a great great point about the issue of diet. So let's say we've got somebody here who is starting to suspect that maybe they've got undiagnosed ADHD. What's your best tip for that person, Alan? Well, the
1: first thing is definitely go online and search adult ADHD self-diagnosis test. Mm -hmm. There are a few good ones. I think there's a good one at psychcentral.com. There's also one There's a magazine called Attitude. A-T-U-D-E. Attitude. Yes. That's an ADD attitude. They likely have a test. There's also a group called ADA, A-D-D-A, although it's that's the uh, adult, uh, the, uh, the ADD Association, um, and it specializes in helping adults. So that's ADD.org. They likely have uh, a self-diagnosis test. Now, this, this won't result in a diagnosis, but it'll certainly point you in the right direction if you answer it honestly. Yeah. And then go, go to your doctor and say, look, I, I think I might have an ADHD issue. And if they say no or they poo-poo it, go to another doctor. Uh, because there are still a lot of doctors out there who right. uh, just as there are too many doctors who quickly prescribe medications to kids and adults there are too many doctors who you know ah, you know adhd it's saying it's overblown i think you just need to do more crossword policies <laughs> oh
0: or you know you know what what i have heard from people because i have traumatic brain injury uh, i had injury induced add i think i always had a little bit of it anyway but i i you know brain injury, executive functioning, and that's the nature of, I was an executive and I functioned and then I, I couldn't anymore after the accident. And there were people who said, oh, just, you know, think differently and be positive. And, and of course, I did all that. But there comes a point where you need some additional help. So I can tell you what really helped me was I worked with an occupational therapist. And if it was not for her, and the six months of horrifying three-day-a-week training sessions with her, I, I know I would not be able to function at this level. So, you you know, it might be that you need medication. I took medication for a short period of time just because I was all over the place, literally. So that little bit of time then helped me to start therapy and to participate more fully and focus because I couldn't even focus on therapy. So yeah, it, it you know, it, get, get help. That's, I think that's probably the biggest message that we have here is get help. It's out there.
1: Yep. Yeah. Agreed.
0: Awesome. Alan, you're so fantastic. And, and now I, I'm going to, again, in the show notes, we'll have links to the, the ref references and resources that Alan mentioned also links to his book and his, his site. But, I know that, you know, this is now, this is your life, right? Helping other people, helping other adults and entrepreneurs manage their brain with their brain hacks. So what's the best way for someone to get in touch with you who wants to learn more about what you do?
1: Well, stop by CrusherTV.com. This is uh, a weekly online TV show that I created a couple years ago uh, because um, I had uh, uh, become sort of a – a well-known commodity in the ADHD world. Speaking around the world, I created a series of videos. But I realized that so many people who are not actually ADHD are what's called ADT, which is attention deficit trait. They're so busy, they're so overwhelmed, they're oversubscribed, and they feel like they're ADHD, even though clinically they may not be. And they're just looking for ways to get more done with less stress and less drama in less time. So that's the stuff I teach on Crusher TV. So stop by. You'll see it pop up for a free um, uh, couple of chapters of my book, uh, which is a number one bestseller called mm-hmm. uh, Zen and the Art of Productivity, 27 Easy Ways to Have More Time, Earn More Money, and Live Happier. And there's no, there's no hucksters and there's no oversell there. All my stuff is evidence-based. I don't do woo-woo, and I don't do rah-rah. I do (laughs) evidence-based stuff that can actually help you make your brain work smarter, better, and get more stuff done and and be happier for serious.
0: Outstanding. Thanks so much again for being here today. And and once again, we'll have all those links for you in the show notes area. So thanks very much, uh, Alan. I look forward to, to talking with you again.
1: Thanks, Winnie. Great to be here.
0: All right, I hope you found that interesting. Ellen is really a great example of someone who makes their message their message, as uh, business coach Suzanne Evans would say. So if you like what you've seen and heard here, I hope that you will share this with your contacts and clients and connections. If you're listening to the podcast of this episode, you can subscribe through iTunes or become a fan at my website, winnieanderson.com. At the time I'm preparing this episode, The Courageous Entrepreneur isn't an official podcast yet. So join my community at my website at winnieanderson.com to stay up to date on that launch and get information, strategies, and resources to help you let go of the past to break free from the obstacles and the beliefs, limiting beliefs that you may have that have been holding you back and keeping you from the success that you deserve and that I know you want. Now, before we get to the exercise exercises for this episode, I want to let you know that I've got a free webinar coming up. You know, one of the best ways to position and pre-sell yourself and your services is by publishing a nonfiction book, right, a platform-building book. And I know you know that there are self-publishing gurus out there and that the self-publishing process has made it easy for people to actually get a book out, but what about how to actually get the book written? And is a book even right for you? Well, in my free webinar, I'll be sharing why it is still a good idea to write a book. I'll also be talking about mistakes that even experienced authors make when putting a book together. And I'll share the critical questions that you've got to ask yourself before you ever start writing that book, along with all the things you need to consider as you answer those questions. I've written two best-selling books myself, one that was endorsed by legendary management guru Ken Blanchard, and I've contributed to 3 bestsellers, including Personal Branding for Dummies. So if you've been wondering if the time is right for you to actually write that book that maybe you've been putting off, then I want you to head over to bookwritingquestions.com and check out when this webinar will be held and be sure to register for it. Okay, time for your reflection exercise. Now, I want you to think about where you are in your professional life. You know, it's so easy to be crazy busy, but like I said, to never get anywhere. And with ADHD, you know, that is is very real and it can truly hold you back. But ADHD is also easily confused with other in other issues because the symptoms can be very similar. So you want to ask yourself, are you working hard and never seeming to get anywhere? Do you feel as though you should be farther along than you are? Have you reflected on your entire past to look for patterns in your behavior from the time that when you were a child right up through now? Okay, and your action step for today. So if you suspect that you may have ADHD, then I encourage you to take one of several self-tests that are out there on the web, and you, know, you can find them easily. They're free. You can find one specifically for women at attitudemag.com, and at that site, there's also a general test as well for you guys out there. So if you visit winnieanderson.com slash addict, you'll find the show notes for this episode and I'll include links to those assessments as well as the resources that Alan mentioned along with his book and a link to his crushertv.com site. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode of the courageous entrepreneur. Remember your past does not dictate your future and you're capable of so much more than you think you are.